Excellent. Thanks, Nick and Shane. Uh, I always count it a, a blessing to uh, to preach anywhere, and when you are with your with your children, it's it's just so much so much more of a privilege. So, um, thank you guys uh, for having us, and uh, thank you congregation for for tolerating us again. Um, yeah, it's always um, it's always very interesting to. to to know that you go back a second time and preach a second time and people still still come back, you know, you think, oh, wow, Holy Spirit, you are doing something. <laughs> yeah. So, I I have a, a very, maybe I should do this properly. Uh, I should make it sound as though I'm coming from a, from a church, sent by a church, rather than just me rocking up here um, and coming for, to, to speak at, at, at a church that I, that I am uh, privileged to pray into, as my, my wife and I have been uh, from the beginning praying under the trees there and uh, been praying for the, for, for the church as well. But we are from Cornerstone and uh, serve with Marcus and Adele on their team. Um, but we, we have the privilege of being sent out because that's what happens apostolically as you uh, we see that in in the in the um, uh, uh, New Testament church is how the how the 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 apostolic prophetic team would go out and go and minister and come back again and give uh, give report and so that's something that will happen when we when we go back to our home base is we'll give report of uh, what what we've been up to, and what um, what the state of the land is when we where we've got where we've gone. So it's it's such a privilege to uh, be able to to do that. Now I know that um, getting together in a house uh, as the church, you obviously you guys have got sufficient faith here, so you you can still grow. Um, so that that is amazing. I dig that. Um, and that for me is, there's, there's, um, this is almost as if I'm listening to the church in the house of Nick and Shawnee, the church in the house of. And so the church was in the house of all these different people back in the day. Um, and yeah, that's the church in the house of whoever Cornerstone is, is, uh, is sends love um, and appreciation for the fact that we are able to still continue to partner together. So, yeah. One of my favorite scriptures is uh, in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 9. And uh, it, I'm just going to quote it. You don't need to turn there unless you want to know what my favorite scripture is and just check that I'm reading it right. But um, the second part in the ESV will say, we make it our aim to please Him. But I love it in the NIV where it says we make it our goal to please Him. It's not just an aim, it's a goal in the NIV. Um, and so that to me is um, a beautiful scripture. Not that I get it right. That's not why it's so beautiful for me that I've, man, I've nailed this one. But that it, rather that it's something that keeps on being out there that, Lord, I make it my goal. To please you, oh man, yes, I did it today. Oh, I bummed on it a, a few times the next day. And then, oh, again, I've done it today. And so that it becomes just a um, how, we, how we live our life. Now, if this is your desire as well, 
I've got some good news for you because I've, I think I've found something that I can hang my cloak on. You know, it's like a, a peg that I can say, this is, this is going to be worthwhile. And that is from King David. And we, he teaches us what it is that unlocks the heart of God. Um, he teaches us how to please God. Because when Jesus or when God says, I have found a man after my own heart. Imagine somebody saying to you, this is what God says about you. I found a man after my own heart. I found a woman after my own heart. That is such a, wow, me, Lord. I mean, we, we know David. We even saying about him, give me a heart of David. And, and so I'm thinking, okay, is it a heart after God or is it a heart to, where's that Goliath? So you, we have these varying ideas of David, but I'd like to, I'd like to share a little bit of the other side of David with us to, uh, today. Because remember, when God said this of him, he was, according to, to, uh, uh, to the theologians, either 13 or 16. So he's in this boy stage, in our language, boy. Because at the age of 12, you would become a man in the, in, in the, the um, uh, uh, Jewish um, tradition, I guess. Not 13. 13 was, was a mitzvah. That's a newer thing. But manhood came at the age of 12. I never knew that. Um, I found that out when I was doing this. And so, okay. So he was a man at the age of 13 or 16. But because 13 is so much, sounds so much more impressive, I, I'm, I'm working on the 13 number. So at the age of 13, I found a man after my own heart. Well, what is it that heaven saw in this young boy? Uh, that his dad didn't even see. Because remember, when, when Samuel came, when the prophet came to anoint one of Jesse's sons, there were all of them but one. So his dad didn't even see that which heaven saw, a man after my own heart. And so I had to bring him in from the, from the field. He was left out there. Um, I think what can capture the whole essence of David is this one sentence, that God's presence was more important for David than anything else. Nothing compared with the presence of God. And we've sung a lot about, about that. This last song was speaking about that. Because if, if I were to, to describe the heart of Saul, it would be that he was somebody who he wanted the approval of man. And if I'm honest with you, I think that's me as well. I like to be liked. I like that people think I'm a great guy. I, man, I want to be it. Uh, I want people to want to hang around me. It's, it's my heart as well. Uh, it's not just salt. However, David wanted the presence of God. And if that is the, this key that unlocks the, the heart of God, wouldn't it be something just cool to, uh, to spend time with? So if you don't mind turning with me to 2 Samuel chapter 7. 2 Samuel chapter 7, we're going to read from 1 to 17. I'll just uh, jump between the ver uh, uh, some of the verses there. But um, it's sometimes referred to as the vow that changed history. So let me read a bits and pieces out of there, starting from verse 2. I, I'm only skipping some s simply because of time. 
The king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in a tent. And Nathan said to the king, Go and do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. Now, this is so amazing for me. Obviously, um, Nathan was, he, he'd seen David and he said, Man, you can't miss. Everything you do, obviously God is with you. He gives you victory when you shouldn't have victory. He, everything, just go and do it because God's with you. Now look what happens next in, in uh, verse 5. He says, go and tell my servant David. This is now uh, what Nathan says, go and do anything. God now speaking to Nathan in verse 4. Verse 5, he says, go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord. Would you build me a house to dwell in? Now, very often people read that as a negative connotation. Would you build me a house to live in? Who do you think you are that you would build me a house? Do you think I can fit in a house? At this moment, David got something much more than his personal ministry, his personal vision or personal calling. Because God wants us to desire to be, to be with him. And I think the reason is that is because this is his desire. He wants to be with us. And so when we desire that which he desires, bang, there's explosion happening right there. Because it's his secret longing. Then verse 6 says, I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day. But I have been moving about in a tent for my dwelling. In all Places where I've moved with all the people of Israel. Then he asks the question, Did I speak a word with any of the judges of Israel, whom I've commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Never. He's never asked that. He's never asked that question. He said, You go and tell David, I've never asked this question. Now therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be prince over my people Israel. I'm going to emphasize the word and. You'll, you'll see it uh, as we go about. Said, verse 9. And I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut off all the enemies from before you, and I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones on the earth, and I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, so that they may dwell in their own place, and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more, as formerly, from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Did you follow what, what just happened? God has... He, he gets, he, he hears this conversation between David and Nathan. He then, that night, tells Nathan, go and tell my, my servant David. And he, and he gives this and, and, and scenario of all the stuff that he's going to do. As if the one isn't enough and, and, and. Then in, uh, at the end of, of verse 11, you come and says, Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. He said, I want to build a house for the Lord. 
He says, I'm, I've done all of this and I'm going to do all of this and, and, and. He said, moreover, I'm going to make you a house. You want to build me a house. Let me tell, tell you something, my boy. I'm going to build you a house. Because Jesus, David touched, he just touched the secret desire of God. And God turns it all around. You want to build me a house? Let me show you what I'm going to do for you. Um, I'm going to do a bunch of stuff. The and, and, and. I'm going to do. And then when I'm, when, <laughs> after all of that, I'll build you a house. Verse 12 goes, When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you and shall come from your body, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name. Because remember, um, David was a man of war. He had said before that your hands are, are, um, you have blood on your hands. You can't build it. But your son will build a house. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Um, verse 16. And your house. Just, I just, as I was going through this, I, I, I saw the ands together up in, in one little uh, um, portion of scripture but as you read further you just see more ands and so I've highlighted all these ands in, in there because it's like this gift that keeps on giving isn't it I mean this is, this is our father in heaven he, he, there's, no, there's no stopping of him so, and your house and your kingdom uh, shall be made sure forever before me your throne shall be established forever understanding that in those days your, your descendants, your offspring, your, your um, what do you call it, those who come after you, the generations after you uh, are always, they, they are, um, the, the, the eldest son will inherit all of this stuff, and it's, and it's like making sure that you've got enough children to, to do all of these, these things, like Nick is, uh, he's a little bit messed up with only two girls, you know, there's, there's nothing happening, but um, here's, the, here's the deal though, and that is that um, God sees us as His firstborn. Each one of us, we are because we heirs of Christ, so, heirs with Christ. So we are each one firstborn. We're not secondborn because we are heirs. We 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 inherit. He didn't. He doesn't see us as as a servant. Doesn't see us as a second class in any way. Uh, neither male nor female. This is how cool it is when Jesus comes. But in this time, it wasn't like that. Yet God is is speaking. And, and speaking all of this over him and saying that your house, your descendants, there will always be somebody on the throne. Um, and this we see was fulfilled when Jesus came. So Jesus, a descendant of David, that fulfilled that whole promise um, as, uh, that God had made. Because God is always longing to live with us on, on the earth. And how do we see this? Because if you look in the Garden of Eden, God wanted to be with, with them. We look at the uh, Moses Tabernacle, He wanted to be with, with them. There was a, there was a meeting place. Um, the Tabernacle of David, then the Temple of Solomon. And so it continues until, until the, the, uh, Jesus arrives. He wants to be. There's a desire of being with those who He created. Now, what makes David different? Well, I guess that he was so in tune with God that he realizes that this is God's secret desire. He realizes that this is the thing that will, that will unlock something. And I don't even know if he did it purposefully because 
he thinks, okay, this is going to, but just, I, I want to do this for my God. And there's this, this exchange that takes place. He touches that part of God's heart. And the next is this overwhelming um, promise from, from, from God. The, the vow that changed the world takes place right there. I want to build you a house. It's a simple little thing. But simple little thing because he's king. I mean, his resources were something else, I would imagine. Now, Psalm 132, verse 1 to 18, would be a, a, a lovely place to describe David. But this is where, where Solomon is, is speaking. And he's saying, O Lord, remember David and all the hardships he endured. He swore an oath to the Lord and made a vow to the mighty God of Jacob. I will not enter my house or go to my bed. I will allow no sleep to my eyes, no slumber to my eyelids, till I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling for the mighty God of, of Jacob. Jump to verse 11. It says, The Lord swore an oath to David, <laughs> a sure oath that he will not revoke. One of your own descendants will, uh, I will place on the throne. If your sons keep my covenant and the statutes I teach them, then their sons will sit on their throne forever and ever. Until, they, until Jesus, obviously, we, we back on that. So this is now somebody speaking again of, um, Solomon speaking of uh, to God of his dad. And it describes so much of who, of who David was and how David operated. And it just seems to me as though David didn't find it easy, uh, find, it, find it difficult. He didn't have any, any difficulty to find the presence of God and to enter in and be in that, in that sweet spot with, uh, with God. Psalm 100, and, uh, 100 verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his uh, courts with praise. And I think maybe there's something for us to learn from what is said in, in that about how he did it. So maybe, maybe this is a, a good place in 1 Chronicles, rather, 1 Chronicles 16. I'm going to touch on that portion now as a almost the key. I've just read Psalms 100 where it says, we enter with his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And then let's see just what, uh, what is said in 1 Chronicles. This is still about David. David then, he appointed some of the Levites as ministers before the ark of the Lord, to invoke, to thank, and to praise the Lord, the God of Israel. He appointed, first, he, he appointed these. Okay, just move a little bit down to, to verse 7. It says, Then on that day, David first appointed that thanksgiving be sung to the Lord. First thanksgiving be sung to the, uh, to, to the Lord. Um, by Asaph and his brothers. Then verse 8, O give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, and make known his deeds. All of a sudden, make known his deeds. That's, we've moved from thanks, now we're on to praise. We make known his, his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. This is all praise. So thanksgiving first. We enter his courts with thanksgiving and, uh, and, and, his, uh, and his gates with praise. His gates with thanksgiving, sorry, and his courts with praise. 
And then well, after this, he says, verse 10, Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. We've now moved on again. We're now into, into worship. We're in a place now where his presence is what I'm seeking. I've gone from thanksgiving. I give thanks to the Lord. There's so much for us to give thanks for. I often uh, make a statement to say we should get our, our thanksgiving list must be much longer than our, than our asking, our, our uh, um, request list. But as Christians, I think that we very often, he's not bothering, he's not bothering me, see, so it's not, not a problem. <laughs> Don't hassle. Um, our thanksgiving list needs to become longer because it's almost as if we are, oh Lord, thank you very much, oh, you're such a great God, and then we slip into my list, my, my requests, and the requests just keep coming and coming and coming. It's almost as if we find it easy to put another request down to God because after all he's God right so it makes sense to be to be asking of him you receive not because you ask not okay well let me start asking then you know so we we, we move on to that onto into that uh, um, realm however to get in to unlock what David experienced the you want to build me a house let me show you what I'm going to do for you to unlock that thing it starts First, he appointed people even to give thanks, thanksgiving. I'm, I think of the, um, even of the, the, the um, when Joshua uh, uh, took the guys around Jericho, what was the strategy of God? Let's put the, put the musicians up, up, uh, up front. It, to me, it's almost a, a, a scenario of um, this warring God of ours, that one who's on the white horse, who leads his army into battle, what does it look like? Well, yeah, front-footedness. Now, I'm one of those Dutchmen that I am a front-footed individual, but um, how about just, Lord, thank you for my salvation. The most important thing in my life, my salvation, because in salvation, there is so much more, because from salvation, I have my, his, his uh, mission flows out of my salvation. I'm, I'm, my starting point is my, is my thanksgiving point. And I, how do I ever stop thanking for this? Because what I'm experiencing, what I'm doing is as a result of what you did. My, my justification, what you did, Lord, um, is ultimately leads to my glorification and then the sanctification I get to do with you. It's not about my destiny. It's not about my call. Oh, what's the call of the Lord on your life? Yeah, it's important. But it's more important to, be, to, to give thanks to God because we want to move from thanks to praise to worship. And that is, it's all about God. We want to make it all about, uh, all about Him. It's not about the ministry. It's not about the church. It's not about the building. It's not, it's, yes, all of those things are important for us because it's, it's where I get to do what we do. But it's, that's not the important thing. It's about stewarding that ancient dream, that, God, that God's dream, 
of dwelling with his people. It's stewarding that dream in what we do. A place where Jesus, who is the main one, can re continue to be the main thing in our lives. He has to be the main thing. Um, I love, that's a saying that, that uh, Tyron always, Tyron Daniels always uh, uses, and I, I, I just dig it. When we desire his presence, he takes whatever the situation is and turns it around. And we can never outgive God. You can never, our desire for him can never become the uh, so important because it, it is not that important um, for us because it just he just turns it around. He just he, he just puts the base on top. You know the base is always the big part. If you look at the pyramid, um, is uh, so I'm I'm desiring and he just flips it around and he puts us. He just makes the 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 blessings come our way. Psalm 27. Listen to David. Yeah. One thing I have asked of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. One thing I have asked of the Lord. Oh, there's so many things I can ask. But one thing I have asked of the Lord, that I will seek after. That is, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. Lord, we want to, we want to talk like this. Maybe I want to live like this, Lord. I don't want to just talk like this, but that it would be the one thing that I inquire. And, and, and it's in the Old Testament, the temple was the place of meeting. Right now, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We, where we are, um, Holy Spirit is with us. We bring Holy Spirit into a room. Um, he wasn't there waiting and saying, oh, welcome guys, come, it's church now, come sit down, it's, it's all welcome. He comes with us as we walk into the into the, the, the room, and I want to, I, the one thing is that I want to be with you. I want to, I, I want to dwell in that place with you. So he dwells in my heart. But I, I have to be honest with you, most of the times I'm not even aware of, his, of, of him being there. I've got to every now and again, oh, jeez, okay, um, stop, stop that evil. Uh, uh, don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby type of scenario. You know, we go, we got to get our heads back in the in the game. Now, eventually David dies, right? So Solomon gets to build the temple as as God had, had promised, and uh, he presents the temple, but reminds God of his father. This is so cool. Uh, it says, "You'll be somebody say, listen, I don't have much, but God, just remember my dad." Uh, in Chronicles chapter 6, 2 Chronicles 6 verse uh, 41 and 42 says, Now arise, O Lord God, and come to your resting place. So he's speaking to God. He said, Come to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. May your priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation. May your saints rejoice in your goodness. Verse 42, O Lord God, do not reject your anointed one. Remember the great love promised to David, your servant. So he twice he says, uh, he, just remember what my dad in this in this whole matter. I'm coming to a close right now. So if you would just bear with me, just close your eyes. I want to speak us through a bunch of stuff. Yeah, just want to talk us through. I want to ask you to imagine your child or your friends reminding God of you. 
said, remember the great love promised to David, your servant. Remember, because of your relationship with God, somebody reminds God and says, God, remember my friend. Remember my, my dad, my mom. Remember, because of that. Imagine God now stopping in his tracks as he considers that request and he remembers you. Imagine God remembering you. Imagine Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. The Bible says he sits at the right hand of the Father. And in one case we read when uh, when Stephen was about to be, um, be, 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 be stoned by the, um, uh, by the leaders of the, of the early church, of, the, of the, um, the religious movements, Stephen says, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Stephen was the one man who was able to get Jesus off his seat. He was the one man because of how he was, how he was acting, how he was in the face of danger, he knew he was going to get killed right now. But he didn't stop. Imagine you able to get Jesus off of his seat. Get Jesus standing, pointing at you and saying, my girl, my boy. Lord, look at them. Look at whatever, whatever you put your name in that sentence. Look at Henny. Lord, Father, I won't call him Lord, he'll call him Father. Look at them. Angels, do you see my boy? Imagine, imagine that happening in heaven right now. I wonder if if you want to get Jesus out of his seat, if you want to live a life dedicated to the presence of God, allow me to just pray with us. And you just open your heart to, to Holy Spirit right now. I don't need to see hands. I'm expecting everybody to desire that very thing. And so, Father, I... I want to start off by thanking you. Thanking you for each one of our salvation. Lord, you took us from a place that had no possible potential of anything and changed our lives forever. That was your decision to do. Jesus dying on the cross, that, that terrible, terrible death you did for us. No, no questions asked. You just did it. We thank you for that, Lord. Father, I pray for a realization that since Jesus has done that, we don't need to function as the case of, of David, where he felt the need to build a, 
a, a, a, a house of cedar, a place where, where there is more protection for, the, for the, the ark. But God, we can just open up our hearts and say, Lord, would you come? Would you do that, I stand at the door and knock scenario? Uh, we often use that for, um, for salvation messages. But God, that you just want to sup with us. You just want to sit and, and be with you. You want to hang with us, Lord. I pray, King, that every single person who is asking this of you this morning, that there would be a greater desire, a greater move in our hearts to that place, Lord, where we indeed welcome you in and where we, where we unabandonedly just spend time in your presence. Thank you, Jesus.